In 2008, the leaders of the West Ark Church spent time in prayerful retreat. And they were um, dreaming about what West Ark could be in five years uh, and then beyond. And they looked at the strengths of this congregation then, the strengths that uh, God has given this congregation over the years. Out of that came four words, campus, kids, healing, and hope. And since 2008, we've used those words uh, like, like, a, like a nail on the wall, something we could hang stuff on, so that we could take our mission statement, which is to make disciples for Jesus who are eager to serve others, which is a great mission statement, but it's also very uh, broad and very diverse. And we thought, well, how do we focus it in? And these words just kept coming up in all of the discussions. Campus, which is right across the street here. Kids, we've historically had everything from uh, nursery all the way up to 12th grade, our children's ministries, our youth group, and then healing and hope. And we had new programs that were beginning then, like the Hope Chest, which was new then. Um, and we continue to see doors of opportunity open. God's blessed us with growth and effectiveness in these four dimensions, and it remains the focus of our mission. And I'm going to tell you that um, I believe that God willing, between now and this time next year, you're going to see more growth in these four areas, and you're going to see more concrete expressions of how we can experience healing and hope. Now, I believe that because uh, God has given us opportunities, and I'm excited to tell you more about it. But I'm not telling, all, I'm not telling it all today. We've got to save some for later. But I want to focus today, and one of the first things, as, as we move into um, August, I want you to think about our, our first upcoming event, which is uh, August 20th. Back to school blessing. We've done that for years. Last year, for the first time, we added what we call back the badge. And so we invite our police officers, our first responders, fire, anybody who works in that capacity to put themselves out there for our sake. We want to bless them too. This is an opportunity for you to invite your fellow students, your coworkers in the schools, and anybody you know that wears a badge. And then this year, we've grown again. We have a new twist on back-to-school blessing, and we're calling it Prayer Pal. Now, if you look in your bulletin, uh, we've got those big bulletins this week. There is, on page 3, a list of names. Those are the names of all the kindergarten through 12th grade students. And uh, we're blessed, and again, one of the reasons we're blessed and why Campus Kids Healing Hope, is God gives us the blessings, but then we get talent. We get people in here. Our, our, uh, our ministry staff, and they, they add to this. Alyssa Benjamin, the church that she grew up in, does something like this prayer pal. And so she stepped up and said, I want to coordinate something like that here. And so we are. And I think you've got some yellow cards in the pews with you. This is your opportunity to say, as a, you adults, to say, I, I want to be one of those prayer pals. I'll choose someone, or I'll let you choose someone for me and pray over this. Uh, we're still doing back-to-school blessing. We're just adding this onto it. But it has to begin today because we need you to start signing up so that we can coordinate all of this. And you will uh, pray for one person. Some of you have already done that with back-to-school blessing. 
You've, you've made that your focus, or you've gone through the cards that you've picked up over the years. But this year, we're asking everyone, I think there's something like 140, 150 names of children K through 12. That means that ideally, we need 140, 150 of you to have that one-on-one interaction where you are praying for someone, and who knows the good that you'll do in that young person's life. So if you'll sign up today, anytime between today and August 20th, and you can sign up on those yellow cards, or you can go into the West Ark app, and it has a form that you can sign up, or you can go online uh, at westark.org. Uh, actually, it's westark.org slash prayerpals. There you go. It's on the, it's on the slide right there. And um, anybody can do this. You don't have to have kids to do this. Maybe you've never had kids. Maybe your kids are all grown up. Maybe you've got grandkids. Maybe you've got great-grandkids. Maybe your great-grandkids have grandkids. I don't know. I mean, that, you'd be awfully old. But, you, ha- you know, the, the ministry of prayer is the ministry that every single member of the kingdom is gifted for. Have you ever thought about that? Not everybody wants to preach. Yeah. They say that there's two fears that people have, um, public speaking and, and death. And, and the number one fear is public speaking. That means that at a funeral, most people would be the guy giving, would want to be the person in the casket and not the guy who's having to speak about the one in the casket. I just tore up Jerry Seinfeld's joke there. But uh, prayer is what we all get to do. And it makes a huge difference when we're engaged in it. We'll be glad to tell you more about Prayer Pals. Alyssa, raise your hand so people can see where you're at. I need people. Go ahead. Go ahead. There she is. There she is. Because she will answer questions for this too. You can email her. You can contact her. We, we, this is new. We're trying it for the first time. So come help us out. At campus, in addition to kids, and this is going to be the second school year that our campus minister, Cade Richards, is leading us into, and we have some dates that represent some opportunities that God has given us. I'm not going to tell you about that. I'm going to invite Cade. Cade, would you come up here and say what God's given you to say to encourage us to be involved in this? Morning, everyone. How are y'all doing? Um, I am the campus minister. If you don't know me, my name is Cade Richards, and I don't know if anyone's ever been excited to give an announcement, but I actually am excited to give these announcements. So here we go. Um, Okay, so about... I guess it was October of last year. It was my first year on staff. And in October, the elders and ministers went on a retreat um, with one another. And really what that was was just to get together and kind of dream about the future of this church. Uh, to see what is God doing and where is God leading us into. And during that retreat, the elders ministers retreat, what happened was um, something emerged, a common theme, and it was to become the campus church. Um, and the is capitalized, become the campus church. And I feel like um, many of you have felt that for a very, very long time. You've felt that for a long time. And just really honestly, I feel like now more than ever, there's been a great groundwork laid and a a great foundation, and it's time to step into that. And so um, this morning, I want to give you really three dates. I want you to be praying about these dates, um, but really, this is just kind of some boots-in-the-mud ways that you can serve and help 
the West Ark Church of Christ become the campus church. And so um, the first date is on August the 17th. So we did this last year, but this is called Cub Camp. Um, If that's gibberish to you, then I'll explain it. So Cub Camp is essentially freshman orientation. So for a few days, right before classes begin at UFAS, um, there is a captive audience of freshmen, all incoming freshmen. And by the grace of God last year, we were invited to feed Cub Camp. And what I mean by that is is there was about 400 um, incoming freshmen, and we got to serve them a meal. And if that doesn't sound like that big a deal to you, honestly, if, if in all the things that I read in campus ministry, if you can reach freshmen, then you can double the size of your ministry in four years. And so um, we did that last year. Thank y'all. Thank you so much for that. Um, but this year, I met with the dean of students, Dave Stevens, and he absolutely raved about how good a job that we did. And so Dave Stevens and I were having a meeting on campus at the end of last semester, and he was like, man, you did such a good job. Y'all's church was incredible. Y'all had such a family feel for students coming into these, this university. He said, but one thing, you know, I didn't think that y'all got a lot of bang for your buck. And I was like, what do you mean, Dave? And he was like, "Um, y'all did all that work. And he said, I really wish you would have stood up and plugged your church and plugged your ministry. And I was like, well, I can do that this year. And so so he wants us to, to, he wants me to tell all of these incoming freshmen about Westark, about the Lions for Christ. And so we're going to get to do that. But just really honestly, I need your help with that again this year. We are going to We're going to feed, I think it's like 450 to 500 students. So we're going to be slinging a lot of hot dogs and burgers uh, for the glory of Jesus. But it's not going to happen unless you help. So I need cooks. I need people to help organize. Um, It is an organizational juggernaut, but I know that we can get it done as a family. So um, that's the first date, August 17th. The second is August 19th. And so this is move-in day. There are a few other days that, that students will be moving in, but Saturday, August 19th, is the biggest. And I want you all to help students move in on campus. I'm going to be helping students move in on campus all day. Um, and I know that that is a weird announcement to give and try to rally the troops behind her. Hey, let's move some boxes. But what I, I, I want us to completely get rid of this idea of that anyone in this congregation is not welcome on campus. If you are, are in your mind saying, I want to reach college students, I want to connect with college students, and then this is your day. Cub camp and then move-in day is the first step into that. Yes. And so, honestly, um, I know that it's strange if you're older to walk onto campus, but here's the reality. People don't join organizations. People don't join clubs. People join people. Amen. And so we want you to connect with students on campus. Um, and you can do that by simply carrying a small box and having a conversation with that student along the way to their dorm. And so there is one small logistical thing with that. If you want to uh, help move in, and I hope you do, you need to go to uh, – there's a link on the bulletin. Um, you need to go to that. I think it's uh, westark.org slash cubcamp, and you can sign up through that link, and it's connected to uh, UFIS. We have to have a tally of who's going to help out with that just for legal reasons. And so if you want to help with move-in day, please sign up through that link. Um, the last thing I'm really excited about, I hope this is a, a new tradi- tradition for Westark, uh, but the week after back-to-school blessing, this is um, August 27th, 
we're going to start something new called Campus Day. And what Campus Day is, is we want to have a service completely dedicated to the campus at UAFS. And so I really hope that on that day that you will all wear uh, blue and white. Um, The service will be geared towards college students. And we just want to have a day that's just a celebration of us reaching out to that campus and inviting them in to us and our family. So I'm really excited about that. We're also going to be serving a meal afterwards. Uh, That meal, we're going to do like a breakfast for lunch. Um, That meal is not just... Just for college students. That meal is for you as well. So we want to go over um, to the Family Life Center. We want to have a big breakfast with college students as they come in. I want you to help serve, but also I want you to, to grab some pancakes or whatever we're going to serve. And I want you to eat with college students. Talk to them. Sit with them. Because people join people. They don't join churches. They don't join organizations. It's all about developing those relationships. Amen. And so uh, I pray <laughs> that you're praying for these events. Um, If we want to be the campus church, it's not going to happen by accident. That's just the truth. It's not just going to happen because we're close physically to the campus. It's got to be you developing a heart for students on campus and then engaging them in conversations. So I love you very much. Thank you so much for for listening. And uh, please, please, please don't place limits on what God can do through you and on this campus. Amen. Thank you, Kate. So get to know Cade, get to know Alyssa, uh, get to know any of us here who uh, can, can help you get involved. Because it's, it's true, people join people. They, uh, you know, they get involved in these activities that we do at any age, campus and kids, or healing or hope, whatever uh, or events we have. And we want to invite you to those. Because when you get to know people, and you get to know people across other generations, um, <clears throat> you know, Rick was telling us about the Canada trip and uh, how... Uh, Man, Don, they love you in Canada. They love Don Wilson. He, um, uh, you know, Don Wilson hadn't been in the youth group since, um, well, I don't know, last century at least. But, you know, and so, uh, but he goes. He's a part of it. He's part of the family. And so those kind of ties, those sort of connections, that's how you get to be other people's refrigerator people. And that's how other people get to be your refrigerator people. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Well, you you do it. I know you do. You know, you go into your house and you've got a certain number of people on your refrigerator. They might be their name. It might be a picture of them. And you get their pictures because they send you those things at the end of the year about what's happened to our family, some Christmas card. And these are so nicely done now uh, of the family uh, maybe doing something silly or interesting or just a wonderful picture. And, uh, you know, are people graduating? And it doesn't always have to be your family member. It's people you know. We've got some weddings coming up in October, and I've got cards from them. Now, save the date. It used to be you got these official-looking invitations that that looked like they were, uh, you know, printed at Buckingham Palace. And, and, uh, you know, if you don't fold those things just right, then... Uh, you know, the etiquette police will come and, and, uh, and arrest you, and, and they've got extra pieces of paper in them that, that have no purpose. You, you know, that, that was the old invitation, I remember, and they were boring. But now you get these cards from people, and it says, you know, uh, they've got pictures of them. Sometimes they look like cartoon people, and it says, save the date, save the date, and everybody's having fun, and everybody gets excited. And so you save the date, and the way you save the date, I guess, is you put it on your refrigerator. And I guess we put all this stuff and turn our refrigerator into a shrine because that's where we go for food. 
you know. I don't know. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be interested to find out if we put them anywhere other than the refrigerator. But uh, that's your refrigerator people. And they want you to save the date because they want you to be involved in their lives. And when we send out stuff, we want you to be involved in the life of Christ. And we want you to be involved in life with one another. And so we save the date. I used to fume about save the date. I thought it wasn't just, I'm like, well, what is this? First, got to save the date. Then I get an invitation. I thought, we're putting people through. Why can't you just send me one and now it all works? But I'm getting kind of excited about it because I just found save the date in the Bible. I did. Look at, look at Revelation 19 with me, okay? Revelation 19. This is going to be quick. John says, after this I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting, Praise the Lord! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. His judgments are true and just. He has punished the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality. He has avenged the murder of his servants. And again their voices rang out, Praise the Lord! The smoke from that city ascends forever and ever. And then the 24 elders and the four living beings fell down and worshipped God, who was sitting on the throne, and they cried out, Amen! Praise the Lord! And And from the throne came a voice that said, Praise our God, all His servants, all who fear Him, from the least to the greatest. And then I heard what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd, or the roar of mighty ocean waves, or the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord! For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and let us give honor to Him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. And His bride has prepared herself. She's been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. For the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. And the angel said to me, write this down. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words that come from God. See what the angel did? The angel just did save the date. He said, hey, write this down. You're blessed if you get invited to that wedding supper. And he wants John to do this. Tell people, if you get invited to that wedding, save the date. Save the date. You want to be there for that one is what he's saying. Blessed are you if you're invited. In fact, John's so moved by it that he gets into the worship, but his worship goes in the wrong direction. He says, I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said, no, don't worship me. I'm a servant of God, just like you and your brothers and sisters who testify about their faith in Jesus. Worship only God, for the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. You have to wonder, John's already seen a lot of this talk about idolatry and how it's wrong to worship anyone but God. Why then is he starting to worship an angel? Maybe he's captivated in it, or maybe he's putting himself out there to make a point. That if you're going to be invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb, it's because you know that only the Lamb is worthy of worship. God and the Lamb are the only ones worthy of of that kind of celebration and worship, and all of that praise the Lord talk. Four times they say praise the Lord, or as it's known in Hebrew, hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, it's getting dangerous in Revelation 19. We're going to end up with cats shouting hallelujah, because you you always see, if you go and you do a Google search for hallelujah, 
you've got all these images for worship of people. And they're standing out in a sunset somewhere. And they're doing this. And whenever we put those pictures in worship, I, I, I myself have thought about that. And I don't think we do because I'm thinking, that's not us. We don't look like that. I mean, I don't know who these people are. I think they got lost getting to the church and they wandered out in a field somewhere in the sunset. And they're saying, hey, help me. I can't find my way to the church building to worship. You know? Or maybe they're saying, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, we, that hallelujah might just upset us a little bit because, number one, we're not sure what that word means. Thankfully, Eugene Peterson in the message translates that hallelujah, not praise the Lord. Because hallelujah becomes, sadly, it becomes throwaway language sometimes. You know. Hey, my football team won this weekend. Well, hallelujah, we needed that. My car won't start. Oh, I can fix it. Here, I got your car started again. Oh, hallelujah. It's, it's throwaway language. You know. Oh, finally, they're bringing in our supper that we ordered. Well, hallelujah, I'm hungry. What do we mean by it? Why all this shouting and singing? It's because hallelujah is a kind of a confession of faith. It's not describing a situation where we need some sort of uh, rah-rah word that makes us all emotional, and there's pictures of cats and people raising their hand, and it's like, oh, good. It's not just dress up. It's a way of saying... And, it's a way of saying that God is worthy of a praise. It's a way of confessing that God is God. And what's interesting about those four hallelujahs in Revelation? That's the only time you find it in the New Testament. Before that, you find it in places like Psalms. You find it in one of the last Psalms, Psalm 149, which is a very interesting Psalm. When you read Psalm 149, he says, um, he'll be saying, uh, praise the Lord or hallelujah to the Lord for so many different things, things we wouldn't normally expect. We're used to saying God is good all the time and all the time God is good. But sometimes they're saying God is good at times you wouldn't expect people to be saying God is good. Or they're saying praise the Lord and hallelujah at times when you wouldn't expect it. Psalm 149 says, hallelujah. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praises in the assembly of the faithful. O Israel, rejoice in your maker. O people of Jerusalem, exult in your king. Praise his name with dancing accompanied by tambourine and harp. That is getting dangerous. And for the Lord delights in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let the faithful rejoice that he honors them. Let them sing for joy as they lie on their beds. Even those who are infirm, even those who are dying, have a word of hallelujah. Let the praises of God be in their mouths and a sharp sword in their hands. Now it's getting dangerous. Oh yeah, we were stopping at the musical instruments and saying, okay, we'll, we'll have a good time, but now we're going to battle. To execute vengeance on nations and punishment on peoples, to blind the king's they're with their shackles and their leaders with iron chains to execute the judgment written against them. This is the glorious privilege of his faithful ones. Hallelujah. We're being called into a mission. 
Our worship is a summons to a mission of God. The hallelujah in Revelation is a hallelujah that that says that the wedding feast of the Lamb is coming. We've been invited to it. Now The bride is ready. Now understand, this is not a summons for us to go out and be the militant church that takes names and enacts justice. We're not avengers. God avenges. God rules. We are there to be faithful and to follow. And here's the thing. It's not us versus them. It's God and us, and the us has no boundaries. Have you ever thought about that? And it's all because of what this angel says about saving the date. Write this down. Blessed is everyone who's invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And John at this point might be saying, oh, okay, well, where's the guest list? And the angel is saying, well, go preach the guest list. This is the true word of God. You have been invited. That's the true word of God. You've been given an invitation. And he says this is the essence of prophecy, to preach this clear word about Jesus. You know, I'm preaching not because I need my ego boosted. Uh, and And one of the things that I really... I really respect that angel when he tells John, no, no, I'm just a servant. Don't worship me. I've got companions, men and women who are in ministry uh, at different places, and they've struggled at times, and, and I've struggled at times, and we talk about it, that when people want to exalt you and put you in a special status, and it has to do with histories of the idea of a clergy or a priesthood or a pastor, And sadly, I've seen some people that kind of like that attention. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to confess, I've never been there and I don't want it. I'm happy to do what I do. And I'm happy to lead others to do what they need to do. And I love inviting everyone to the wedding supper of the Lamb. But that invitation doesn't come from me. That invitation doesn't come because I'm someone special. Just like that angel, I'm a witness And John's a witness to it. And the angel's telling John, hey, write that down. Let's get that word out. And I want to say to you, let's write that down. Let's save the date. Blessed are those invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Let's get that word out. When Rick's telling you that there's mission trips that we can go on and you can go with the youth, that's so we can get the word out that the invitation is open. When Cade stands up here and he says, let's not limit God, he's saying that 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 definition of the us is open. Because there's a lot of people who don't know that they're invited, who are going to be on that campus this year. Who's going to tell them that they're invited? Who's going to tell them they're on the guest list? This prayer pal list that we're putting together, and you already see those names on there. You get to be those who instruct those kids that they also can grow up and be on that invitation list. I'm tired of my fellow preachers dissing the fact that, you know, well, now when kids get baptized, you don't really get to count that for evangelism. Yes, you do. Because it's not about us. I mean, it's not about me notching my my gun belt because I'm like, ah, I baptized another. 
it's about us teaching people that something out there in the future, something joyous, something that we can celebrate, something that we can look forward to, just like a wedding, that your refrigerator people have told you, come join us at this wedding. There's going to be food. There's going to be gifts. We're going to be happy. There's a much greater wedding out there in our future, and we can be invited to it. Every Sunday, we usually do something that we call the invitation. And, and I'm not sure we always really understand what that means, other than we use that name to just signify a particular point in worship. It's the point where we, you know, where we uh, let us stand and sing, and we grab songbooks or look at the screen and get ready for the prayer so we can go home. Okay? So I, I think sometimes we look at it like it's the seventh inning stretch, and that's not what the invitation is. Because the invitation doesn't just happen on Sunday. It's every day. It's all the time. It's that save the date that the angel told John about to say, listen, those who get invited to this, they're blessed. Who's invited? Well, get the word out. And when you get an invitation, what do we do? We RSVP. Which is French for, let me know if you're coming. You know, this, this invitation, sometimes it gets us a little nervous because we think, okay, well, wait. If I respond, if I come forward to be baptized or if I let somebody know I, I want to get baptized, well, immediately at that point, that means that God puts me in the game and the perfection clicker starts up. And if I screw up, that's it. Wrong. Let me quote our president. Wrong. Okay? That, it doesn't work that way. Salvation is God's business. He takes care of that. That's His grace. You and I are saved because of His grace and the grace that we have in being invited. When you get invited to a wedding, it's because someone loves you. That's grace. When you get invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb, that's God's grace. Responding in baptism is the first step of discipleship. That's the first step of getting ready to go. That's the first step in getting ready. That's that's the beginning of a life of discipleship. I know that there's also some worries out there. There have been throughout history. Well, wait a second. If God saves me, then then, uh, if I'm baptized, then I'm doing a work. And we don't like works because works mean that salvation is not really by grace because it means that I'm doing something. Don't ever think that the day you were baptized or the day you will be baptized is the day that you get a token that you can go up to God and say, hey, I've got a baptism. I'd like to redeem that for eternity and forgiveness. Because number one, you're not going to be able to do that. And number two, if you did, if we could do something ridiculous, God's going to look at you and just say, it doesn't work that way. You don't understand this. It's not a claim that we put on God. It's a response to the grace that he gives. And it is the first step, a watery step, in a life of discipleship. It's obedience. I mean, if you show up at the wedding, inherent in that invitation is the idea that, you know, you're going to bring a gift, or you're just going to come and be happy, or you're going to come. I mean, if you go there and you create problems, well, you're, you're not responding in the spirit of the invitation. So we respond in baptism because baptism is newness. It's new birth. It's death to the powers that corrupt. 
It's confession. When we come to worship, we make a confession. Some of us were saying as we came in this morning, you know, they said, how are you? And I remembered how I like to answer that. And I said, you know, I'm blessed. And I don't mean that I'm special. I mean that God has blessed me. I'm a recipient of that blessing. Now, aren't we all, we agreed. Yes. But here's the thing. We come together to remind one another of that. And so when we come to worship, we confess to one another. We are blessed. We've been invited. We've been invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb, and we get to go. Let's clean up. Let's get ready. Not cleaned up because we've got to secure our own salvation, but because this is a joyous event. We're getting ready for that day. Let's live like that day's coming today. And so when we come together and we're worshipful and we celebrate, well, this is, this is a rehearsal. This is a rehearsal for the big wedding supper. So having said all that, here's what I want you to know. What do we do? Well, we respond. Again, I guess it's appropriate to say this is a time of invitation. And, and Christ, not me, not Benjamin, not the elders of this church, no one here other than the Lord Jesus Christ who is here. Christ by His Spirit, in His Spirit, through His words, through His witnesses, through that testimony is saying, come unto me, everyone, all of you who are weary, who are burdened down. You feel like that? You're weary with sin, you're burdened down? He says, come to me, and I'll give you rest. That's His invitation. He says there's obedience. He goes, now, now he goes my, my burden is light. It's easy. He's not saying everything's just free, but he says it, it, it's easier. Now, what that looks like then is, that may look like a couple of different things, and you don't have to figure all this out today. But it might look like you praying with those around you. It might look like you, there's a room back here where some of our shepherds will be. It might look like you going back there and saying, hey, I want you to pray with me. Uh, it'll be some shepherds up here. You might want to pray with them. Uh, it might be something where you're burdened and you're weary. Or you're saying, I just want God to, to uh, affirm this today. Or, or maybe you want to be baptized. And even if you're not sure, some of you have known what that's about for a long time, and I don't know what's holding you back, okay? And if I can help you with that, I want to help you with that. If our shepherds can help you with that. But just remember, that invitation comes from Jesus, not the church, not us. We're going to celebrate with you because, you because we're going to the wedding supper of the Lamb. That's why. But you don't even have to figure out what all that is. We can just talk to one another. Will you pray with me? Father, I ask that you would bless us this morning, that you would give us an uh, opportunity to know how we can respond to your invitation to a joyous, blessed life. A life that, is, that may have pain. A life that, that may have difficulty but one in which we're not saved from all that, but we're saved through it. And that your spirit can be with us. Father, I pray that we'll respond to this invitation and we'll be eager to serve others and tell others about it as well. So Lord, let your spirit reign this day. You are God. We say hallelujah because we say you are to be praised. You are to be exalted. You are the one that's worthy of glory and honor and not us. <laughs> Actually, that makes us feel great knowing that you are God and we are not, and knowing that you are God and we are simply your children and your servants. And so, Father, let your Spirit work here. 
and that any of us will know that if there's something we need to know, do or some response we need to make, whether it's in our heart or publicly or to one another or privately, that, that you'll just guide us with wisdom to know what to do. And Father, we pray all of that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up. Let's sing together.